Greetings, everyone. I'm Jeffrey K. Lyons, and it's Friday, January the 26th, 2024, and this is Narrative Wars. State Senator Greg Dolzall from the state of Georgia wants to establish a Senate Special Committee on Investigations to investigate accusations of the district attorney, Fonnie Willis, and her misuse of public funds. And on the international scene, we'll be looking into the World Health Organization and their frantic push to achieve an international pandemic treaty uh, called Disease X. Now, you'll remember they've been trying to do this for about a year and they've been failing, but they're trying to do it again uh, and they're drumming that beat of fear and calling it Disease X, which is a disease which does not even exist. Finally, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is taking a bold step by defying the recent decision by the Supreme Court, which allows illegal immigrants to enter America. Governor Abbott is at the tip of the spear, and you wouldn't believe how many other states are now supporting his decision. All of this and much more on today's episode of Narrative Wars. I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons, and you don't want to miss this. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired. So tired. Folks, we've got some great news to announce today. Narrative Wars has just passed the 5,000 download mark. That's right. You, the Narrative Wars audience, did it. You did it. And I feel so blessed to be a part of this movement. Your voices and input have an impact and we'll be talking about that more in the middle of this program as I'll be reading some of your comments uh, that are being posted on the Getter chat. The other good news is something that you probably weren't expecting me to highlight, and that is that we were shadow banned. Uh, in other words, our audience was restricted on the internet. We were shadow banned without being told uh, once again. So actually, it's sort of a badge of honor. So we're going to, we're going to say thank you because for some reason, we don't know. Now, you may be asking yourselves, that's kind of weird. Why is Dr. Jeffrey celebrating being shadow banned? Well, simple. If we're being shadow banned, it means that we must be doing something right. We must be exposing false narratives. You know, this program is probably on some left-wing, Karl Marx-loving, America-hating organization's target list by now. And if they can swat away and crush liberty-loving Americans like yourselves, Americans who believe in the Constitution and believe in voting our conscience in November 2024, well, they're going to do it. They're going to try and swat us down. So be encouraged. The legacy media, they are dying. 
And we covered that actually uh, in our last episode when we uh, heard the editor-in-chief of Wall Street Journal saying, we used to own the news, but people aren't listening to us anymore. They're turning to alternative media, and that is the case. Now, President Donald J. Trump, you remember he had the courage to call them fake news back in 2016. So be encouraged, 2024 is going to be a fantastic year. Turning now to our first piece, we're going to open up with this uh, story about what's going on in uh, Georgia. Well, you remember there's a case where President uh, Trump was indicted in Fulton County, uh, Georgia, and uh, that's where the famous mugshot of President Trump was taken. Uh, It ends up now being used on uh, T-shirts and mugs and coffee mugs, and it's been a great fundraiser for the Trump campaign. Now, here's a story, 11 Alive, January 23rd, 2024, and what's happening now is that the there's a Georgia senator, and he's calling for investigation of Fannie Willis's uh, office. She's the district attorney uh, that is prosecuting Trump in uh, Fulton County, Georgia. Let's take a listen to this piece. It's 57 seconds from 11 Alive. Let's listen to this. This is Cut number one. About $3 million of state money goes to the Fulton County District Attorney's Office, and so we want to use our legislative authority to make sure that those tax dollars are being spent wisely, and there's a lot of questions around that. Senator Greg Dolezal says the Republican-led state Senate should take a rigorous look at the office of Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis, a Democrat. Willis's office persuaded a grand jury to indict former President Donald Trump and others in an election tampering case. It also hired special prosecutor Nathan Wade and paid his firm more than $600,000. A court filing alleges Willis has a personal relationship with Wade, a charge Willis has not answered. Dolezal says the Senate should use subpoena power to get answers from Willis and perhaps others. The really the serious allegations that are out there as to whether or not this is prosecution for profit or there is some sort of inherent conflict of interest uh, in the ongoing prosecution in Fulton County. Now, we're uploading this podcast and going live on the 26th of January, Friday the 26th of January, uh, 2024. And this story is breaking. CNN, January 26, 2024. Georgia State Senate approves special committee investigation into Fonnie Willis. Now, the story we heard was recorded a few days earlier, and so it was being talked about. But now it's actually been approved, and that's huge. That's a breaking story. The Georgia State Senate on Friday, the same day that this is being taped, passed a resolution creating a special committee to investigate Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis amid allegations of an improper affair with her lead prosecutor in the 2020 election uh, case against uh, former President Donald Trump. So again, huge news, and this story is in the links, uh, CNN, uh, January 26, 2024. We continue the resolution, which cleared the GOP-controlled state Senate 30 
to 19. So at this investigation, uh, they're going to have a committee uh, at the end, which will submit a report, quote, that will recommend and any changes to either legislation or appropriations, uh, unquote. And that's according to Senator Greg Dolezal. He's the one that put forth this resolution. And why do they want to do this? Well, here's the justification. This resolution is about an officer of the state of Georgia. We've mentioned who she is, and that's uh, D.A. Fannie Willis. And within the subdivision of the state of Georgia, how they're using state funds. So has there been corruption? Has there been misuse of state funds? And again, Dolezal says that, quote, this falls squarely within what we should be talking about and what we should be addressing. So in other words, the state legislature uh, is funding her office. And so if there is some misuse, misappropriation of funds in her office, uh, it falls upon the state legislature to investigate that. And it has to do with allegations regarding Willis and Nathan Wade, uh, and this surfaced uh, recently. So this is out there. It's going to be developing as a story. Now, there's a judge overseeing this case that Fonnie Willis has against President Trump, but now he's become aware that she is under investigation uh, by the state. And so the judge, quote from this article, it says, the judge overseeing the case against Trump has given Willis until the end of next week. So that's going to be early February to reply in writing to the allegations to the court. So here's the question. Is the entire case that Willis is bringing against President Trump, is the entire case in jeopardy? Could it be thrown out? Or could she simply be relieved of the case and then the case goes over to another DA? And if that happens, will another DA even want to pursue the case or could the whole case be dropped? We don't know, but this is developing and uh, we are going to continue to track this. And that was breaking news uh, today uh, from CNN, uh, January 26, 2024. Moving to our next piece last week and this is kind of the story that just keeps on giving uh, because there, there was an entire week of meetings that took place in Davos, Switzerland, uh, where the world megalomaniac billionaires, along with world leaders, sort of get together every year to conspire how they're going to take over the world in some sort of evil one world government coup. You think that's a, all a silly conspiracy? Well, if you remember, in early 2020, Klaus Schwab released his book called The Great Reset. It's all in there. They do want to take over the world and influence the world, and uh, they want to be a, the leaders of a one-world government, and this is what elitists do. You know, when you, Look, when you already are flying around in your private airplane and you have a private yacht that's a few hundred feet long and you've got uh, an island or two that you own. I mean, what's left except to, uh, you know, be part of a small junta of people who are running the world. Power, that's all that's left. So uh, here's a follow-up story on the WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, which is very uh, 
tied in with the World Economic Forum. And so last week, the global leaders met at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. And one of the topics, uh, there were many topics that were discussed, but one of the topics uh, that was discussed was disease X, a hypothetical pathogen that could usher in new and deadlier pandemic. So you can hear the drums of fear that are beating in the background. So before we play this piece, I wanted to explain uh, who you're going to listen to, the doctor that's being interviewed. And he is Dr. Richard Urso, a former chief of orbital oncology at MD Anderson Cancer Center, which is in Houston, Texas. It's one of the premier cancer treatment centers in the world. People come from all over the world to be treated there. So let's take a listen to this. This is cut number two. If, if there is a pandemic, what do we have uh, now in our medicine chest that we didn't maybe have before? How are we going to be looking at all these new pathogens? Let's say it's not a coronavirus. Let's say it's something else. So uh, let me just say this. I spent a long time doing uh, oncology research. I've, I've done virology work. Viruses in cancer cells are heterogeneous, or heterogeneity is part of their makeup. They're, they're like aunts, uncles, and first cousins. Mm. There's always a way to attack them, multiple ways, multiple attacks. Uh, I'm not really that worried, actually. It literally took me two hours to figure this one out. So I, I really don't think I'm, I'm not too worried. Um, if, they, if they make something really deadly, it won't spread that easily. Um, what they've done is they've created sort of ultimate weapons. If you look now, you can see they have this... Um, long-term effects with the uh, pseudouridine component allowing prolonged as i said it's a design feature if it was a genetic disease mm -hmm. but it's a design flaw in a, in a in a disease where they're making a foreign protein so what we're seeing is that um anytime they do this this same um quote-unquote pandemic followed by of course they're going to have a genetic vaccine already ready for it that's the whole goal at the end of the day the the disease itself won't be the won't be the real weapon it'll be the vaccine that's the real weapon mm -hmm. so i'm not too worried about the disease there's always going to be a treatment it's not that hard i i, I hate to say it but it, the literature is full of stuff and and let me say this the best and brightest people don't work for the government and um and they're not evil the best and brightest people best and brightest people are not evil and they they're well i'm, I'm on that team so a couple of really interesting points to be lifted uh, out of this interview. And again, this was from Epic Times, January 20th, 2024, Frontline Health. Links in the show notes. Uh, first of all, he said the goal is that everybody will get this uh, vaccine and it's going to be a mRNA genetically modified type of vaccine. And he said he doesn't really fear the disease. But he says he fears the vaccine. These vaccines aren't safe. And remember, the vaccines that are out there right now, the COVID vaccines, they still are under emergency use authorization. The other important point is that he's saying that the best and the brightest don't work for the federal government. So what is he signaling? Well, if you're listening to the CDC and the spokespeople from the federal government, uh, you're getting your information not from the best and the brightest. And so he's saying that there are literally hundreds, possibly thousands of researchers all over the world that putting their heads together, they can treat these diseases. They can treat whatever comes along, the, the disease X. 
And he said, the literature is rich and we know how to treat it. In fact, he said he had a good idea how to treat COVID-19 within two hours. He said it really isn't that hard. So we should take comfort in that. It really depends who you're listening to. What narrative are you listening to? And so I, I kind of want to pivot a little bit here. We, we are going to talk about Tedros, Gebrasius, and the World Health Organization, and Disease X. But I wanted to give you a positive up front before we get into the negativity of this Disease X, which they're trying to solve something that doesn't even exist. But check out World Council for Health. World Council for Health. You can go... Uh, online and find that. Another way is to sign up for Telegram, and uh, it's another social media app. Sign up for Telegram and get on World Council for Health, and you'll get all their updates. And uh, there's excellent information there. So we're going to continue with what's going on with this disease X. That was our original story, and we're talking about the push for this treaty. What are they trying to do? Well, New York Post, January 21st, 2024. World Health Organization, Director, Gen Director General Tedros Ghebreyesus has called on countries to sign up to the health organization's pandemic treaty so the world can prepare for disease X. So they don't even know what the disease is, but the world needs to prepare for it. And what's really bizarre is there's these announcements floating out there. Look at this. Disease X, hypothetical placeholder virus. It hasn't been formed, but scientists say it could be 20 times deadlier than COVID-19. Uh, these aren't scientists. These are public relations malefactors. In other words... They're beating the drums of fear. Remember during the whole COVID-19 debacle, 2020, 2021, every night on the news, it was, you know, so many are in the hospital, so many are sick, so many diagnosed, so many dying. Every morning, every night, it led the news. So they're trying to do that again. Disease X, it's coming. Disease X, you really need to be afraid. It could be 20 times deadlier, experts say. Who are these experts? Because that's really bad medicine. It seems much more of a political move than a medicine-driven narrative to be saying something like that. Very irresponsible. Quote, there are things that are unknown that may happen, and anything happening is a matter of when, not if. So we need to have a placeholder for that, for the diseases we don't know. Okay, this is what Gebrasus says. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things that we don't know that may happen. That's why we buy car insurance. That's why we buy homeowners insurance. We don't know if there's going to be a fire in our neighborhood. We don't know if our car is going to get hit by another vehicle. We're going to be in an accident. We don't know. And you might be saying, oh, well, then you're making a case for signing this treaty. Well, au contraire. The devil's always in the details. Look at the treaty. Look at what is in the details. And basically, they're giving over 
a large portion of their sovereignty to an unelected group of people that want to rule over them and be in charge of all the countries of the world. Kind of sounds like one world government, doesn't it? Now, when I sign up for insurance for my vehicle or insurance for, you know, my house, I'm not signing up for a treaty that says if I get in a car accident, I'm giving over the sovereignty of the United States to some unelected entity. So just remember, they tried to push this through about a year ago, and it didn't go through. You know, constitutionally, the United States Senate has to ratify treaties, international treaties be between the United States and other countries. And it did not fly. So, you know, they've, they've come back. They want to do it again. They pushed it out again and beat the drums at the WHO. And you need to be aware of this. Call your United States senator and tell your senator you do not want an international treaty between the United States and the World Health Organization. Well, you can add your voice to the conversation that stands for liberty and the freedoms that Americans hold so dearly. Join us on social media on both Getter, that's G-E-T-T-R, and True Social. Just search for at Jeffrey K. Lyons, and I do enjoy receiving your feedback and reading some of your comments on the air. Again, you can follow us on Getter or True Social. Just search for at Jeffrey K. Lyons, and that's Lyons with a Y. When you listen to us on your favorite podcasting app, please five-star rate, follow, send our podcast link to one or two like-minded friends. That's how we continue to expand the Narrative Wars Posse. You are the reason why we do this program. And now, let's continue. Well, we're going to continue with our final piece here, and it's the piece that we've been building up to and that uh, we do have additional breaking news having to do with this story. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he's vowed to add more razor wire along, with the, along the border uh, with Mexico to crack down on illegal immigration. And he's saying that the state has a constitutional right to defend itself and He's accusing President Joe Biden of not doing enough to enforce the law. Let's take a listen to this piece. Uh, January 25th, 2024, it came out just yesterday, Bloomberg. Uh, this is 54 seconds. Let's listen to this. Uh, cut number three. You know, this week, and you touched on this a little, the Supreme Court sided with the Biden administration. Federal agents can remove this razor wire placed on the Texas border. Will you still continue to put it there, even even though the Supreme Court has made that decision? Well, actually, what the Supreme Court did, they, they did not issue a decision with a single word explaining anything. All they did was to return the case to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. What Texas is doing, uh, as has been seen uh, by the video after video after video, uh, is we are adding 
uh, more razor wire as we speak right now to uh, make sure that we are doing even more to secure the border. Uh, it, we are going to make it uh, impossible to enter Texas illegally. Uh, and that includes uh, maintaining the National Guard on the border, building more border wall, just like what President Trump put up, as well as extending the razor wire wall in the state of Texas. So I think it's really important to understand what the governor of Texas is saying. He's saying we're going to add more razor wire. We're going to put up the wall between Mexico and uh, Texas in order to prevent illegal immigration. Now, I'm going to be reading a number of passages from this letter that came out January 24th, 2024, Governor Greg Abbott. And this was attached to a press release. But I want to highlight something first. We're going to get back to this letter, but I'm going to highlight something. President Biden, quote from the letter, January 24th, 2024, President Biden has incited illegal immigration away from the 28 legal entry points along this state's southern border. And those would be bridges, and other legal entry points into the state of Texas. So the point is, Governor Abbott, he's not trying to close the 28 legal entry points between Mexico and Texas. And I've, I've gone into Mexico a couple of times. I, I know what those entry points entail. What Governor Abbott is doing is he's wants to shut off the illegal entry into the United States of America. He wants to close off those gaps so that if people want to come into the United States, they have to come through one of the 28 legal entry points. So he's not against immigration. He's not trying to stop immigration, but he's trying to stop illegal immigration, the sex trafficking, the human trafficking, the fentanyl drugs that are coming across our border and where are they coming across? They're not, they're not coming. I'm telling you, they're not coming through the 28 legal entry points into the United States. They're coming across in a clandestine fashion all hours of the day, wherever there is no border wall. And this is what Governor Abbott is saying he wants to close down. Now let's look at the rationale here. Because the rationale is very important and the conclusion of that rationale. And finally, we do have breaking news and a story that came out January 26, 2024, and we're going to get to that. So we've got a lot here. There's a lot of meat to this. But I think it's really important that, um, that you have access to this press release that came from the governor's office now, you can find it on the internet. You can also find it in the links to the show notes. So in that press release, it says the failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4, Section 4, has triggered Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3. Now, let's review. Let's take a look. What is he referring to? He's referring to the Constitution of the United States of America. So, quoting from the letter, January 24, 2024, the governor explains exactly what he's talking about. So, he says, Article 4, Section 4, 
promises that the federal government, quote, shall protect each against invasion. So each state, states are implied against invasion. That's in the Constitution. The federal government's supposed to do that. And Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, acknowledges, quote, the state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders. So he makes this argument and he says, look, the federal government, they're not doing their job. The federal, quote, the federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting the states, including immigration laws, and that's on the books right now. But Biden has refused to enforce those laws. And so what he's saying is, since the federal government has refused to enforce the laws, that he, as the governor of the state of Texas, is citing this portion of the Constitution of the United States. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3. Again, it acknowledges the state's sovereign interests in protecting their borders. And that's what he's doing. Again, he's not closing down those 28 entry points. Those are regulated by the federal government. What he's trying to do is close off the illegal entry points in between the 28 entry points. And again, that's where the drugs, that's where the human trafficking, that's where the cartels are dominating. And uh, that's why, according to this letter, more than 6 million illegal immigrants have crossed over the southern border in the past three years. So this is very, very important for us to understand what's going on. This is big news. January 26, 2024. Here's an article. Breaking news on fire over border. Hot air. January 26, 2024. As of this morning, New York Times, Washington Post, they're completely ignoring this story. Completely ignoring it. Why? Because... They're controlled by the Democrat Party and the Murdochs, which don't want Trump to succeed. And Trump was the one that said, build the wall, protect the border. Quoting from the article, it's important to remember what has brought us to this moment where half the states in the country are standing with Texas. So that's the breaking news. Half the states in the United States of America are now supporting the action of Governor Abbott to protect the southern border. Well, of course, because those people that are coming through the southern border, they're moving up and they're spreading out across the country. We're all border states now. And now we have a standoff between the federal government over protecting the border. And all of this has taken place in the last three years. Following up, here's a piece January 25th, again just yesterday. Gateway Pundit. Red State Alliance grows. More governors stand with Texas. So now we know, according to the breaking news today, that half the country is standing with Texas. Close to 25 states. 
including Texas. They support this action. But in this article that came out yesterday, several, several Republican governors uniting to support Texas. So let's take a listen. What are they saying? They're saying that Governor Abbott has deployed approximately now 30 miles razor wire next to Eagle Pass, Texas. Okay? And that there are various statements coming out from various governors. Here's South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. Great quote, Greg Abbott is exactly right to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend itself. Biden administration has created a national security crisis and put Americans in danger. Here's another quote. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, he weighed in in arguing that the Biden regime's policies have effectively turned every state into a border state. Quote, Virginia stands with Texas. Governor Greg Abbott is doing the job Joe Biden and his border czar, that'd be Mayorkas, refused to do to secure our border. The Biden administration has turned every state into a border state. We must stop the flow of fentanyl, save lives, and secure our southern border. And of course, tens of thousands of Americans have been dying every year from fentanyl. Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she wrote, if President Biden won't defend us, states will have to defend themselves. Louisiana Governor Jeff Landry said in a video statement, quote, under our constitution, states are still sovereign. We have the right to protect our citizens. So there you have it. Uh, this is a hot, hot story, and I'm sure it will remain in the news uh, next week. Uh, we're on top of this, and we're tracking it. And stay with us on Narrative Wars, uh, because we aren't going to let go of this story. Uh, this is something that affects all of us and the sovereignty of the United States of America. And now a few closing comments. Last episode, we talked about the difference between misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. And if you missed that, I highly recommend you listen to the January 23rd episode of Narrative Wars. When we opened today's show, we shared two wonderful announcements. First, we passed the 5,000 download mark for Narrative Wars. Secondly, we were shadow banned this week, and that was the 23rd of January episode. It's hard to say why we were shadow banned earlier this week, but by shadow banning, we're referring to our show being blocked and delisted, either totally or partially from public internet access. Curiously, they don't give us a reason why this podcast has been shadow banned. That's not something they do. But it's happened multiple times. Uh, I'm really lost count how many times it's happened. But as a thought experiment, let's see if we can do it again uh, for this episode. Therefore, here are several statements which I've made in past programs. Let's see if the Internet Thought Police will shadow ban this episode also. So here we go. 
At Narrative Wars, we are unashamed to declare the following. Number one, that Governor Greg Abbott and the citizens of the great state of Texas have the legal and constitutional right to defend the southern border, according to the press release that his office put out on January 24th, 2024. Number two, we believe that American citizens have the civic responsibility to vote and that elections should be secure and that election results should be open to public inspection. And finally, we believe that Americans have a First Amendment right to free speech. All right, the thought experiment has begun. Let's see what happens. Will we be shadow banned again? Are they listening? We will see. Ladies and gentlemen, we're living in an Orwellian narrative war. The rubric has been crossed when using correct English grammar is now being labeled hate speech if you don't bend your tongue and change the pronouns that you use. Liberty-loving Americans don't give in if they get a hold of your tongue and successfully put their words in your mouth then you've lost the narrative war. Remember, we are in a spiritual battle for the heart and soul of America, and future generations of Americans will be reading the history of what we choose to do today. So be encouraged. As we unite in this cause, America shall remain. The land of the free and the home of the brave, a place where we can still proclaim liberty throughout the land. And that's a comforting thought. Until next time for Narrative Wars, I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired. So tired.